0: Hello, my name is Edmund. I'm glad to bring you the third voice note on remedies for breach of contract. Before this, we're talking about when the seller repudiates and when the buyer repudiates. The seller repudiates, um, uh, and then the buyer also repudiates during the course of a contract. Now, we said that section 54 is when the buyer does not accept the repudiation okay then section 48 when the seller does not accept the repudiation now let's go to damages fixed by the contract liquidated damages and penalties so what are some of the damages that can be given to the innocent party we have liquidated damages and then uh, penalties liquidated dam- damages are prescribed there's a sum payable a fixed amount payable on breach of the party, so, or or, or by one party. Such fixed amounts where they represent a genuine pre-estimate, a genuine pre-estimate of the innocent party's possible loss are normally enforceable by the cost, are normally enforceable by the cost as liquidated damages. However, where the fixed sums are in the nature of penalties or punitive, they are supposed to punish you in nature, they are are stipulated as a threat to hold the other party to performance and obviously greater in any possible loss than might be occasioned by the breach, the court will not give effect to such a provision. On this basis, the law distinguishes between penalty clauses which are generally unenforceable and liquidated damages clauses which are generally upheld and enforced by law. Okay. In the case of law and Redditch local board, law like we are reading in Redditch. Redditch is R E D D I T C H, local board. Lopes J stated, The distinction between penalties and liquidated damages depends on the intention of the parties to be gathered from the whole of the contract. If the intention is to secure performance of the contract by the imposition of a fine or penalty, then the sum specified is a penalty. But if, on the other hand, the intention is to assess the damages for breach of contract, it is liquidated damages. Okay? Okay. Now, in the case of Dunlop Pneumatic Tyre and New Garage Company, dealers in tyres agreed with the manufacturers not to resell any of their tyres in violation of certain stipulations as to the price of the tyres. Now, the contract provided that the dealers would be liable to pay £5 for every tire that they sold in violation of the stipulations. The court held that the provision was not a penalty, but was a genuine pre-estimate of the losses that would arise in the event of a breach. Now, the following guidelines were given for the determination of whether a fixed sum is a penalty or liquidated damage. 1. It will be held to be a penalty if the sum stipulated is extravagant and unconscionable in amount, in comparison with the greatest loss which could conceivably be proved to have resulted from the breach. 2. A fixed sum will be held to be a penalty if the breach consists only of the payment of a sum of money and the sum stipulated as payable upon breach is a sum greater than the sum which ought to have been paid. So it's always about money when it's a penalty. If a single lump sum is made payable by way of compensation, that's number three, if a single lump sum is made payable by way of compensation on the occurrence of one or more or of several events, some of which may occasion serious damage and other trivial, on, uh, and others trivial damage, there's a, a presumption, but no more, that it is a penalty. Okay. So you, you don't do it a single lump sum. Okay. So four, a fixed sum payable upon breach may still qualify as liquidated damages, even if the consequences of each particular breach are incap- incapable of precise calculation. That is, so long as the stipulated figure is justifiable as a genuine pre-estimate of possible loss. Okay. In Campbell Discounts Company Limited and Bridge. Campbell is C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, Campbell Discount Company Limited and Bridge. The hirer of a car under a higher purchase agreement paid an initial sum of £105 pounds and promised to pay the balance in monthly installments. He then informed the finance company that he could not keep up the payment and return the car to them. By a clause in the higher purchase agreement, agreement the hirer had a right to terminate the agreement at any time and return the car. But if he did so, he was required to pay by way of agreed compensation for depreciation such amount as would make his total payment up to one third of the purchase price. It was held that the stipulated sum amounted to a penalty. Now let's go to recovery of non economic loss. Usually, a breach of contract leads to financial losses or at least losses which. Can easily be quantified in terms of money. The courts are generally reluctant to compensate a plaintiff for purely objective losses such as disappointment, injured feelings, and in such in, in cases, when they are, case, they are breach of contract. In principle, the courts have traditionally refused to award damages for non pecuniary losses. That means, Non pecuniary is losses that don't relate to money or to award damages for mental distress, disappointment, or injured feelings suffered as a result of a breach of a contract. Seminal case in Addis and Gramophone Company Limited. Where the plaintiff sought to recover damages for the in- indignity he suffered as a result of being sacked from his job in a humiliating manner, the House of Lords held that he was not entitled to be compensated for the injury to his feelings. Now it is important to know that there's no, there, there is uh, no longer an absolute rule that damages cannot be recovered for mental distress in cases of breach of contract. So, in appropriate circumstances, damages may be awarded to compensate the. The plaintiff for mental distress and disappointment. Now, in Jarvis and Swan stores, damages were awarded against a package tour operator who provided an accommodation falling short of the standard promised and so supports the client's holiday. It was also held that if the purpose of the contract is to provide protection from harassment and because of its breach, the plaintiff is harassed, damages for, for the resulting distress are recoverable. Now let's go to equitable remedies. There are remedies which are originally developed by equity to supplement the remedy of damages offered by the common law. The equitable remedies available for breach of contract include specific performance and injunction. Let's go to specific performance. An order of specific performance is a decree issued by the court which compels a contracted party to do that which he has undertaken to do under a contract. The remedy of Specific performance is purely equitable in its origin and acts in personam. Okay? In personam means made against or affecting a specific person only. That means it's imposing a personal liability. Okay? Specific performance is also a discretionary remedy. This means that the remedy is not available as a matter of right to the person seeking relief by subject to the discretion of the court. It has been held that the dominant principle is that equity will only grant specific performance if considering all the circumstances, it is just and equitable to do so. The exercise of the court's discretion in granting specific performance is circumscribed by a a number of well-known rules now there are two conditions for granting specific performance as a general rule specific perf- performance will be granted only where damages will not adequately compensate the plaintiff the normal remedy for breach of contract a common law is damages Okay, but in most cases, this constitutes adequate compensation, that is, damages. For example, where the contract is for the sale of goods, which can easily be obtained from an alternative source. In certain cases, however, an award of damages for breach of contract may defeat the reasonable expectations of the plaintiff and will not adequately compensate the plaintiff. Thus, as a general rule, specific performance would generally only be granted where damages will not adequately compensate the plaintiff. For this reason, specific performance is generally not ordered in cases of breach of contracts to sell commodities or shares which are readily available in the market. Damages will be deemed to be inadequate where the plaintiff cannot get a satisfactory substitute or where the seller refuses to deliver specific or ascertained goods. In Section 58 of the Sale of Goods Act, 1962 Act 137, it states, In an action for a breach of contract to deliver specific or ascertained goods, the court may, if it thinks fit by its judgment, direct that the contract should be specifically performed without giving the seller the option of retaining the goods or payment on payment of damages. In this case, the impossibility of obtaining a satisfactory substitute may be ground for granting specific performance of a contract for the sale of unique goods such as heirlooms. Heirlooms Heirlooms is like something that is passed on to the family, okay? Or great works of art. In contrast in contracts involving the sale of land in particular, the courts have traditionally taken the view that damages are an inadequate remedy and therefore the remedy of specific performance is normally available to either party to such contract. So, for land specific performance, okay, now in Redco Limited and Sapong, Redco, Redco Flats, Medina. The respondent agreed to purchase a flat from the appellant company at a cost of $72,000. In 1980, the respondent made a down payment of $19,000, with the remainder to be paid upon completion. The appellant in 1981 informed the respondent that the flat would be ready in December 1981 and was asked to pay a second installment of $31,400. The respondent agreed and paid $32,000. At the end of 1981, no flat was allocated to the respondent. Seven years later, Later, the appellant informed the respondent that the flat now costs 3 million Ghana, 3 million cities. The respondent immediately sued on his contract and claimed specific performance on the ground that although 21,000 was outstanding, what had been paid so far constituted sufficient part performance to warrant the grant of specific performance. In his defense, the appellant stated that extraneous circumstances militated against the completion of the flat by the agreed date the respondent then moved the court for judgment in that in that the defense disclosed no reasonable defense judgment was given for the respondent on appeal to the court of appeal against the decision it was held dismissing the appeal that the basis upon which specific performance would be granted in equity was quite settled certain certain contracts were of such a nature that that time nature that time became of the essence and a mere award of damages was not enough okay so this was granted now in ahuma and akoli in 1961 ahuma is h a h u m a h and akoli in 1961 the defender negotiated with btc for the sale of a plot of land for 1200 pounds a deposit of £800 pounds was paid to BTC, of which the plaintiff contributed half and the defendant half. The defendant then went into possession and managed the land, paying the balance of the purchase price from the money thus obtained. In 1963, BTC, BTC executed a formal conveyance to the defendant. The plaintiff then asked the defendant to convey to him his portion of the land, an area of 300 by 300. Was demarcated on which stood an engine room for which the defendant demanded an extra 200 pounds. The size of the plaintiff's portion was later reduced to 300 by 100 feet, represented by a side plan, approximately one third of the whole area, and he accepted this but refused to pay for the engine room. Relations between the parties deteriorated and the plaintiff sued for the specific for specific performance of an oral contract by which he alleged the defendant was to share the land with him equally. He further asked for an account for the rent, tolls, and other monies collected by the defendant from the land since January 1963 and an order for the payment of to him of one half share of the amount. So the Krakrani said two people bought land then one cheated the other one out of it instead of 300 by 300 he gave him 300 by 100 and then the other party because but they paid for the land equally okay then the other party says that uh, he needs uh, an equitable share of the land and the rent that he has been the other party has been taken from the other portion of the land it was held that This was a case in which specific performance should be ordered because the land was known, the terms of the purchase was known, and the price paid by the plaintiff was known. There was no doubt that there was to be some form of sharing, which in the absence of any fixed proportions to the contrary, the court should ensure was reasonable and equitable. Now, the matter was simplified by the plaintiff's acceptance of one-third share and one point of one point of difference which the court could settle was the extra payment for the engine room now jan and o jan and o is a seminal case let's pay attention to it now on 10th january 1975 the first defendant orally agreed to sell his house situated at number 2 west loop tessano accra for 25000 to the plaintiff the plaintiff paid inter alia a deposit of 2500 a 2500 cedis and obtained two receipts signed by the defendant in which the names of the parties appeared and in which the house to be sold was described. The plaintiff subsequently asked his bankers to issue two checks, one to the first defendant in full payment of the balance of the purchase price and the second check to the second defendant to redeem the property which had been mortgaged to them by the first defendant. Now the first defendant refused to complete the sale and later returned the checks to the plaintiff's bankers. The plaintiff upon thereupon instituted this action against the first defendant for specific performance of the agreed the agreement to purchase the house. Nikra said somebody wanted to sell a house to somebody else at Tessano for 2500. Now the buyer paid 2500 uh, for 25000. He wanted to sell the house for 25000. The buyer but it's paid $2,500 and later sent two checks to the seller to complete the purchase and then to another party whom the seller had mortgaged that house to, okay? Now, after a while, the the seller said he won't sell again and then the buyer brought action. It was held that a contract in writing for the transfer of an interest in land would not be complete in terms of Section 2A of the Conveyancing Decree 1973, NLCD 175, unless the following pa- particulars were given. One, the names of the parties. So there are four things that have to be present on the transfer, Section 34 Land Act, remember 34, 35, 36. But this has to be on the document. It says that, one, the names of the parties. Two, the property to be transferred. Three, the purchase price of the property. And four, the defendant must have signed the contract. Although in the present case there was, there was written evidence of the existence of three of these matters, the contract was incomplete and unenforceable because of the omission of the purchase price, which was a material term in every contract of sale. This is seminal. Now, um, the case of Pra and Anani. Pra and Anani, somebody had land with a house on it, seven bedroom house. Then Pra came, um, Anani came that, I want to build a market, so pull down your house, and then I'll build a market and build you another house somewhere. But three years later, he hadn't built the house i'll build a seven bedroom house but he hadn't built the house so uh, the woman who is brought action who was the previous owner of the land brought action the leonard trial judge rejected the appellants case and held inter so the the appellants denied that they had committed a breach of the contract contained in agreement and maintained that their failure to erect the house for the respondent earlier was due to her inability to select a site for the building the Leonard trial judge rejected the appellant's case and held inter alia that they had shown a total lack of consideration for the respondent's interest. The court held further that the appellant had committed a breach of their contract with the respondent and were therefore liable to her in damages. It was held that the conditions in the agreement were mutual and that the respondent, by allowing her house to be pulled down, had fulfilled part of her agreement. The appellant's failure to fulfill the obligation imposed on them by the contract show the total lack of consideration which goes to the root of the contract. Okay, So the court noted that the general rule in equity was that an agreement to erect buildings could not be specifically performed but there are certain exceptions to that general rule. The authorities show that where there is a definite contract by which a person which who who has acquired land in consideration thereof, has agreed to erect on the land to acquire the building, of which the particulars are clearly specified, and the erection of which is of an importance to the other party, which cannot adequately be measured by pecuniary damages. That is, in a case in which specific performance ought to be ordered and also to be considered, is whether there is a building of which the the particulars are clearly specified. The question in the instant case was whether from the evidence on record the case for the respondent could be brought within any of the exceptions above stated. The first question is whether the work as described in the contract was sufficiently defined. It was so that it was not. The other question was whether the appellants obtained possession of a piece or parcel of land on which the respondent's building was to be erected by means of the contract for its erection. Clearly, they did not. It seemed, therefore that this case could not be brought within the exceptions laid for an order for specific performance. Specific performance would normally be granted where the quantum of damages is difficult to assess and would be unfair to the plaintiff. Now also, in another case, but we, we must avert our minds to the fact that the court will not order a contract to be specifically performed if the contract is incomplete or if its terms are uncertain now in the case of asari and entry the defendant owned several plots of land at adabraka some of which he sold to interested parties the plaintiff expressed interest in buying some one of these plots provided by the provi- uh, this plots provided the price was right now the plot was never identified Three years later, the plaintiff sued the defendant for specific performance of a partly performed agreement for the sale, for, for the sale by the defendant of his plot of land at Adabraka measuring 120 by 60 feet for the sum of 2,000 CDs. So the the defendant went to sell the land for 2,000 CDs. The land size is 120 by 60 feet. So the, the plaintiff brought action for specific performance. In support of his claim, the plaintiff tendered Exhibit A, a temporary receipt which receipt from Mr. S.K. Entry the sum of 50 pounds being part payment of the cost of plot 120 by 60 feet to be sold to him signed J.G. Asari 1st December 1964. The trial judge Antechi upheld the plaintiff's claim and granted both specific performance and an injunction in his favor. He further held that the parties being Ghanaians intended the contemplated sale and purchase to be controlled by the customary law now listen to this the defendant appealed and it was held allowing the appeal that there was no effective contract between the parties which could be specifically enforced since a there was no agreement as to the purchase price b. The parties were not at item about the subject matter of their incoherent agreement. c. The payment of part of the purchase price per se was not sufficient evidence of part performance of a contract of, contract of a sale of land, and it could not be deduced from Exhibit A that the payment of £50 pounds was made as part performance of a concluded contract of sale. Specific performance will not be ordered if it would be impossible for the defender to comply with the order. For example, the remedy will not be ordered in a contract for sale of land not owned by the vendor or if the contract is oppressive. Okay. Now, also, the court normally will not order specific performance of contracts for personal services or contracts the perf- the performance of which will require the constant supervision or monitoring of the court. As a rule, the court will not order specific performance of contracts involving application of personal skill. For example, the court will generally not compel an employee to do any work by ordering specific performance or of a contract of employment or by restraining the breach of such contract by. injunction the policy reason being that it would be improper to compel one man to serve another by the same rule an employer will not be compelled by equity uh, by equity to keep a servant specific performance will not also be ordered where there's lack of mutuality okay Um, and where there's mutuality is to say that the remedy will be available to a plaintiff if it would could be awarded against him So, against a child. So, for this reason, specific performance will generally not be granted to a minor since the remedy does not lie against a minor. So, you cannot give specific performance against somebody which specific performance cannot be given against. Or So, because a child, you cannot give specific performance against a child. That child cannot seek specific performance unless that child has... um, performed fully his obligation, such that the other party cannot bring any uh, suit against him. The case is in Latte and Bannerman. Now, the defendant L C of the State Housing Corporation contracted to sell his property to BL. BL informed the defendant that he was buying the property for his daughter. So Bannerman sold the house to Latte, okay? and the latte said, I'm buying the property for my daughter, who is the infant, who is an infant. After B.L. had, in pursuance of the contract, paid part of the purchase price and given the balance to his solicitor to be given to the defendant when he executed the deed of assignment. The defendant refused to execute the deed of assignment. Consequently, B.L. brought an action in his own name for inter alia specific performance against the defendant. While giving evidence, however, B.L. testified that his daughter was a minor. He was therefore cross examined about his authority to commence and maintain the action. The writ was subsequently amended to indicate that the plaintiff was suing by B.L. her next of kin. The defense thereupon claimed that the agreement could not be specifically specifically enforced as it is purported to have been made with an infant. The trial judge refused to decrease specific performance on the ground of the absence of mutuality in contracts involving infants. But on appeal, the appeal court um, allowed the appeal and said that even though specific performance cannot be granted against a minor, if the, the minor has performed, um, it cannot be granted for a minor, if the minor has performed uh, his duty such that uh, the other party cannot bring anybody, any suit against him, then the remedy should be available to him now let's go quickly to injunction injunction we see the case of lamla and wagner lamla is l-u-m-l-e-y wagner a lady had agreed to sing at a theatre for a a specified period at an agreed remuneration. It was held that a decree of specific performance was not available to compel her to honor the agreement. In this case, Miss Warner could not compel by a decree of specific performance to sing for Lamley, but an injunction could lie to restrain her from breaking her other undertaking not to sing elsewhere under the agreed period. Now, an injunction is an order of the court to a party, to a contract, to do or refrain from doing a specified act. So, an injunction restrains the commission or continuance of some wrongful act. So, we have a prohibitory injunction which will prohibit you, a mandatory injunction which will mandate you. Okay, then there's an interim injunction which is designed to regulate the position of the parties pending a hearing or final determination of the suit. So it's interim, okay. So an important qualification has however been introduced to the effect that an injunction will not be granted if its effect will be to compel the defendant to work for a particular person or face the alternative of starving. In this regard, if A agrees to give the whole of his time to the service of B and contracts not to serve anybody else in any other capacity, an injunction may not be granted to prevent A from breaching that undertaking because the inevitable result will be to compel A to work for B or otherwise staff. We come to the end of remedies for breach of contract. Thank you very much and I wish you all the best in the exam. Love you guys.